Hi friends, this is the Be Real Babe podcast, a place where your average Canadian wolf pack come together to talk about life stresses, messes, and successes. A safe space where being yourself is the ultimate goal. Each week we will bring you new episodes sharing our opinions on a ton of different topics in hopes we can get a better understanding of ourselves, each other, and this crazy world we live in. We want to build a community where we can show up as ourselves, be real, and lay it all out there. By sharing our opinions and experiences, we hope to reach others who can relate so we can all help each other learn, grow, and heal. But please keep in mind, as a disclaimer, none of us here are professionals, no one is giving any advice. We are strictly speaking of our life experiences, our opinions, and for entertainment purposes only. Now, with that being said, it's time. So grab your drink, grab your joint, and let's jump right in. Welcome everyone, welcome to Being Real With. This is a part of the Be Real Bay podcast where we get back to our roots and we talk to our friends and family and people in the community about their experiences, their opinions, their wins, their losses, their literally everything. So excited you guys, we are on episode 113, Being Real with Dr. Anthony. For those that don't know me, my name is Brandy. I am the host of the show, and today, y'all, we are so excited to get into this one. Now, before we get on to the goods, I'm just going to take a second to remind you guys, if you can, hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube or Rumble. If you can, turn on the notification bell so you know when we drop another episode. And if you can take one more second and hit that like button, it really helps us get us out there, you know, being little Canadians that are censored. It's really hard sometimes. So I just want to thank you guys so, so much for being here for us, for listening, for coming back time and time again. We really hope that you've been loving season five with the videos, with more more content, more shows, more things that we talked about. We're just wrapping up cults. We're getting into some government opera- operations and we are on our fourth segment of being real. And now if you guys, I'm just going to say this now, if you have a show you want to talk about, a subject, an opinion, an experience, you have a story, you want to share your journey, let us know. We love to have guests on. So make sure you reach out to us, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, we're on them all. So I'll shut the fuck up and let's get into this episode because it is amazing. Let's go. All right, babes, it's time to get on to the show. And y'all, I am so excited for this episode. Our next guest has given me so much hope over the last year when it comes to the medical world. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show, Dr. Anthony Sigmarson. Hello, friend. How are you? Fabulous. Happy to be on your show. I am so excited to have you here and thank you for uh, moving for me and for my cat. This guy has been amazing to me. Also gave me some grace last weekend. So thank you, sir, for that because we had a rough week and your compassion throughout the last year and last weekend. Much appreciated that you were scheduled to today. So thank you uh, for coming on the show. And uh, before we jump too close into this, I just want to take a second because when we found you last year, all four of us were like in a really dark place and your video that you posted on um, for Iron Energy, it literally gave us such a piece of hope, especially around the truckers convoy. So just wanted before we get going to say thank you before I forget Stoner Brain for doing that for us because we were just like, oh my God. We're not crazy. (laughs) Look, you know, like at that time, I think the world just needed to hear from like an actual doctor because that seemed to be what the media wanted the the credentialing of being say, you know what? No, this isn't actually like an echo chamber right now. Like there are people who disagree. 
on a number of, 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 of factors and how we're dealing with COVID, treating COVID, um, containing COVID, preventing COVID from continuing to spread. Um, and I just actually literally had enough. I just had enough. And I was like, I cannot listen to these idiots on the news anymore. Lie about things that are basic medicine. Um, and just, 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 just right. Real, real basic humanist stuff you're lying about and, and you're, and you're, and you're doing it for money in my opinion. So I said, you know what, if they come after me, which they did after that video, they did. And that's okay. Whatever. I don't give a shit. I can just become a chiropractor or something. Cause like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, for sure. And I, yeah. think, I think that's why we respected you so much because at that point, all of us knew what it meant and what people were risking by doing that, whether that was right or wrong. We were just like, we're just like, thank you. Because people like me were just like, Oh, you're uneducated. You don't know what you're talking about. You're a conspiracy theorist. And here in Canada, yeah. as you've seen, our prime minister, were calling us nasty names. And so when and, and you heard for the buzzings that this is how people felt, but no one was coming out and saying it. And when you said it and I was like, this isn't someone in Canada. This is someone outside looking like this is yep. impactful. Like I didn't even know half the shit that you were talking about, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> but I was just like, what I'm what I'm what I think what I've been trying to say just in like terms that people can't be like, oh, you're just uneducated, you know, conspiracy theorists, because up until this point, you know, I had my inoculations up to this da 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 but yeah. it's how things were handled and how people were doing it that i was like this is weird so sorry before that before we get into that um can you <laughs> yeah. tell, so you you got in trouble for all of this and you have you can say these things and can you explain to the community even though most of us will know you how you how yeah. you're able to say those things like your your credentials so i'm yeah, so like I'm a P I'm a PM and R physician. Um, before that, I was a DPT. So first, I was a doctor of physical therapy. Then I went on and got my PM and R. Um, I I am one of those physicians that believes like, um, you know, as a doctor, if we're going to be someone who is of medicine, that we should we should know as much as we need to can know about medicine. So I never stopped educating myself at like a graduate level in everything that I literally could ranging from rheumatology. Um, I went back to school and I got another master's degree in chemistry. Um, yeah, you know, so I, I really wanted to start understanding drug creation and interactions. Um, and my, my wife would tell you, it's like, it's, it's the amount of time that I put into studying medicine um is insane. And I always say, I, I want to be like Carl Jung one day, right? He created he was a doctor who created modern psychology and without him hundreds of millions of people would be lost. That's the guy I want to be like. And that guy studied everything. Yes, yeah. That's so cool. And I think that's so smart because I feel like some people, unfortunately in, in any industry, not just in medical, they get so focused and you see this even in just like companies themselves in their own departments, you get so focused on this, you don't look at the outside and the impact and that all affects the end result. Right? So, <laughs> We've got another guest. Join me. This family. is my crazy child. Hi. Say hi, Ethel Wolf. Say hello. Her name is Brandy. Will you go in? Hello. There we go. <laughs> Boom. Do see you later. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, dad too, right? Saving the world and dad. No, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Then you get a broader idea, right? And I think so many people, and I hate to say this, but I feel like in the medical profession too, it's amazing to be so focused, but I think that's also a downfall as well, where you just get so 
focused on one thing, you don't see the other impacts, you know, and it makes you very narrow minded, I feel. Well, it's because they want to make money, right? Why do you why do you want to make why do you want to know more than what you need to know about to make money? People need to really get this into their into their head, right? The average doctor, well, I won't use those quotes because they are doctors. (laughs) They don't give a damn about perfecting their art, right? It's like I live in Holland now and like they have this term, like it's like huis arts. I'm going to say it wrong and the Dutch people next to me will laugh at me, but it's an art, right? Essentially. They just want to make their money and go home, right? And however they can make more money, that's great. So then maybe out of a thousand doctors, you've got like one or two who actually is like, you know what? I want to be more and know more to really help uh, people. And I have like a story about that later. You can just remind me of it and I can tell you because she's allowed me to use her as an example, but it's everything that's wrong with healthcare. And I feel yeah. like I feel like there's a lot wrong with the world, but I feel like once you start questioning healthcare, it's like this attack. And I mean, you've seen it yourself, like you said, as soon as you posted that, like my understanding, science and medicine is always evolving. So isn't that the premises of all of this is to question, to do better, to know more? Is it just kind of egotistical to think, oh, I came to this conclusion, therefore it's never going to change? I mean, like when when people act like that, it's like, okay, let's go back a few hundred years, right? Physiologists and doctors would have told you that African descended people were less intelligent because they had a little nodule in the back of their skull, right? And that was medically accepted fact. So it's like, let's be totally clear that medicine is totally fallible and totally wrong. Often it's the pursuit of medicine to essentially to be able to recognize the wrong and turn it into a right quicker. But we've diverged from that now because, you know, we have these allopathic drugs, right. That are pharmaceutical that mask symptoms that cause other symptoms, but people feel fine because they're on six or seven different drugs. The etiology isn't solved, but they're managed from a money standpoint. Yes. So that's why we have to question medicine. Yeah. And I think the biggest one and not to, we'll just dive into this one because it kind of leads into this if you're okay. And I yep. think that was my biggest, totally. my shock was birth control. So I've been on birth control for, young, for a very young age. We've talked about this, you know, about my infertility and my miscarriage and all that. And that was my biggest like smack in the face that, okay, these doctors and nurses and everyone around me is on birth control. Everyone's quote unquote fine though. Are we? And all these other issues are coming down and the minute i get off birth control because i'm done i've had this miscarriage i'm done playing with the hormone game i'm not doing this to my body anymore i got so in tuned with my body that i am just like healing at an exponential level i'm so in tuned with what's going on like knock on wood i haven't been sick for a year because i've been able to like hear my body when it's speaking to me and i feel like that now that outside of like you in the last year that i've learned some good medical professionals it really blew my mind to think that someone told me this is safe and effective and therefore but as a 36 year old i'm like was it really because i'm pretty like i'm good now but i don't know if i'll ever have a baby and if i would have known that at 15 i don't know if i would have ever gone on it like how is that okay how do we get away with that so the first question i have for you because it's, it's just going to lead me to my answer Yes. What do you think the the drug birth control is intrinsically? Do you think it's a hormone? Do you think it's a, what do you think it is? What, what is I, it classified as? Uh, Since always and still is. It's a, kind of a trick question. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I don't know. If I, I don't know how to answer. I think it's like, to me before it was just like something you took. I didn't think about that. 
now to me it's like a complete destruction of a woman so it's like <laughs> um, well it's an endocrine disruptor yes yes it's yes. not a hormone okay, no yes. people, people say oh yeah i'm on like a hormonal birth control pill uh, yes. no you're not sweetheart you're on an endocrine disruptor and if you look at the drug pamphlet that's what it says Who wants now to that matters that? right but that matters because yeah. What it is, is when you're, when you think you're having a period on birth control, you're not actually having a period. It's not equivalent to a natural shedding of the lining. Sorry. He wants it. My partner. He's so just... sorry. He made me say hi. How Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, yeah. Sorry for existing. Yeah. No, so it's right. So those periods that you think you're having, they're actually not, and they're not equivalent to a natural like shedding, and the hormonal uh, release and rebalancing isn't the same. And what happens is, is specifically with young girls, because most of them go on birth control in a phase. It's an endocrine phase of development called Tanner Phase Two, and that's generally when the breasts start forming. Do you know what I mean? Like the, 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 I won't go into the metal, like the ducks start for everything and they generally go on it then. But what happens is, is it's altering their whole, um, psychological development, right? It really damages women's psyche. We know that, um, anxiety, depression, psychiatric issues. So you're putting a young child on that while they're developing or now trying to develop because you're suppressing those hormones. You know, they need to, there's no informed consent. And that's the most important thing. You must have informed consent always. And I don't, but they got to get that dollar. Yes. And, and I even went to like, a, like it was like a youth health place when I was 15. Like my mom was okay with it. And I was like, well, I'll just go to gyro because that's where everyone my age is going. And like terrible periods and, you know, you know, boys are happening. So it makes sense. And I had nothing but nightmares for three years. And then I got put on like a low dose and then it didn't really bother me. But now that I look back, I'm like, no, you worked okay this whole time, like this whole time. And it's just so sold to us that it's normal and it's okay. And that was my first like, okay, doctors can lie. Like they can be bought. Totally. They're not above or godlike or, you know, only here to do good. Not all of them. Not, I'm not saying that, but it was just like such a smack in my face that I honestly am thankful because I think it prepared me for the pandemic. But, you know, like there's still women now that have no idea about this with birth control, have no idea that they're suppressing their natural cycles. And what does that yeah. mean after years and years of doing that? Like, not great. I mean, like, we kind of know what it leads to now, don't we? I mean, birth control has been around for a while. Um, at least it seems like it's expressing at the epigenetic level and genetic level now that women are becoming more infertile. Um, I can't actually prove that, but the trending is there. And there's many people who have observed this in the medical field. I'm not the first one who's saying this. And we really look at, like, a personality level of women specifically in the westernized nations, specifically western europe north america where birth control is most prevalent and you see women um choosing to not have children and the masculinization of women i think any woman who's been on birth control you could tell me that you probably were a bit more masculine and a bit harder do you know what i mean and that's you see these personalities being developed in women their whole lives to where it becomes 
unchangeable because it's been fixed. I had a patient, I, we just got her off birth control. She's 54 years old. And they're like, they made her sign a form to come off birth control. I was like, are you shitting me? It's, she had an implant and they told her they wouldn't take it out unless she signed a form. It's like, she's not having more, more children, bro. It's like, she's done now. She's probably in menopause, right? Like, come on. And come even on. if she didn't want to, how is that really anybody's like kind of place? You know what I mean? Like she wants totally. to doing harm. Oh, stop Why it. does that stop matter? It. It's hard to like, it's hard to not say that things are for money. And I'm not saying that's everyone, but like. But it is for money. It is. It is. it is. Healthcare is for money. I'm just going to say it. I'm one of the only people that you'll ever meet. And this is true. My partner hates it. And my friends will tell you the same thing. For my field of rehab, ranging from like, like in Ireland, when I had people ranging with muscular dystrophy to sclerosis, to like severe back deformities, like from, from polio and everything, I charged 150 euros a month and they could see me as many times a week as they wanted. I worked seven days a week. I'd sit there for 45 minutes with those people every time, even an hour if they needed. I don't there. do this for money, but most do. It does. And it's so I, true. It's so true. And so there's a couple of you. We had a, a chiropractor on, Dusty. He was the same. He's yeah. the exact same way. He stood up and spoke yeah. out through the pandemic as well. And we appreciated that. Another person that were like, thank God, someone who has education because no one was. And we weren't saying that we knew what was up. We were just yeah. saying things are weird. And why we say that is because we've been gaslit before medically, you know? All my, like, ton of our guests have had issues with their breast implants and they are always told, nope, it's not them. No, it's not that. We've had, you know, Botox injury, people being told it's not that. And then you get these mobs of people in whatever it is that are just projecting their shit because they don't want to think, oh, fuck, maybe I injected myself with something or all those things. And then now these survivors are getting shit on for just saying the truth. And it's like, you guys get the same totally. kind of treatment. It's ridiculous. Like, look at I mean, medicine is just so tied in with everything from like a military standpoint, public health, fitness, clothing. There is a lot of money to be made in people essentially having a stable body, right? Like, because then they're an economically viable citizen. It's not just, right? Like, healthcare is really about keeping an economically viable citizenship or citizen working. And it's why, at least on this podcast, one of the big things I wanted to get across to, to, to patients and people, because even doctors will become patients one day, you must have informed consent. If they want to do a procedure on you, you need to get a second opinion. You need to ask them, is there any other non-invasive or less invasive way they could do this, right? I like that. You need to ask them like, like, okay, you're saying I need to take this drug. I want you to read every single side effect in front of me and you need to know about a black box warning, which are side effects that will happen, right? Not if. And I lost a patient of mine in Ireland to one of those because she was on a drug um, called methotrexate. And it's if anyone's listening right now, if you're on methotrexate for arthritis, that drug will give you cancer. It will give you renal failure. You're not meant to be on it that long, but it's frequently prescribed for years upon years upon years. Okay, but most of these people were never informed that this drug causes oh, yeah. cancer because it's a chemotherapy drug. But, oh, it suppresses your immune system so it makes your arthritis better. That's what they'll say. 
But like, is there more to say that like, is there something that's causing the arthritis? Is that something that's just masking? It's inflammation. I've, I've fixed dozens of people with severe rheumatism, uh, psoriatic arthritis with dietary changes, specific exercise regimes, and, and, and taking nutraceuticals in a certain way to reduce your inflammation factors in your body. Arthritis, when you're eating these pro-inflammatory foods that inflame your joints even more, you cause more damage. But even if you look at the clinical guidance for arthritis in the first year, the most important thing to do is physical therapy and strength building because it minimizes the damage to the body. But the GPs don't say that. Here's some friggin' naproxen. Here's some codeine. Here's your methotrexate. Go inject yourself with some shit Johnson & Johnson made. Have a great day. 300 uh, yeah. Canadian a month, nice. please. Yeah, and we'll right? see you in a couple weeks with something else that's wrong yeah. with you. And that's, yeah. so that's a crazy thing. So I went on birth control because of acne and because I had really bad yeah. period cramps. That led to worse period cramps. That led to Tylenol-3. That led to me probably consuming about 30 Tylenol-3 a month just to, just to deal with the pain of my period. And nowhere... Was that and so then there sprung my pill addiction, which led until my mid twenties, and then I was just done with that because I was not a good person. I was sick from years of Tylenol three and coding abuse. I was not my best person, and I stopped all that stuff down to the point that I have to be very sick to take a fucking Advil, and I don't think that's you know, and it, it just it makes me so sad because nowhere in that doctor's appointment did they say, "Are you eating food? Are you sleeping? Are you?" I'm smoking cigarettes. I'm not eating. I'm not having a good lifestyle. And now you put me on birth control and I'm on Tylenol three. That's the answer. Yeah. 17 years. Here's some sleeping aids for you too. While we're at it. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Yeah. And then gone. And then, and then you wonder why you're so sick and you're so damaged in your adult life. And you're like, okay, well, I didn't think about nutrition, drinking water, being healthy. And I was on all these medications that were probably suppressing any fucking nutrients I was getting. Like, doesn't birth control I mean, totally. also like deplete your natural like minerals and shit? It does. Yeah, it most certainly does. Uh, birth control is actually quite a toxic drug, to be totally honest. Like, yeah. you know, when they say they counsel you, oh, you know, you know, you're at an increased risk for blood clots. It's like, let's go deeper into that one. Got them. Got them from the patch. Yeah. Got, got one of yeah. those. And that was fun. Almost yeah. died. That was a good time. Yeah, that's blood normal. Clots. It's normal, right? Normal. Yeah. And then when you look at like birth control causing anxiety and depression, right? These are these are also physiologic states, which is how I look at this, right? I look at it from a physiologic point of view. Your cortisol increases, right? That's a stress hormone. We know that's bad for you. We know that people with high cortisone, they drink more, they smoke more, they engage in drug taking. Right, because they're just right. Their body is just and it's right. in a failure to thrive. Yeah. Your parasympathetic nervous system is always activated, so you can never really get a true autorhythmic rest. So, yeah, the doctors just say for the young girls, oh yeah, you know, you can have sex whenever you want, right? Because that's why most of them are getting it now, right? It's for sex, which yeah, to not, I'm have not a baby. against it. I would rather them be happy or safe, right? I would most rather educate them on the days that are about like two in real reality, two to three that you can literally get pregnant and give them actual education about their bodies. Every, I think any 11, 12 year old girl would suck that stuff in. Right. And then if, if you want to say, 
you know, if you're not comfortable with that, there's condoms or, you know, there's a pill, but there are a lot of risks to that as you get older, especially. Yes. That's the way it should be framed up, you know, blood clots, but oh, that's fine. No one gets those. It's like, well, yeah, they do because it's, it, do. you have to say it. Yes. You have and to I say had it. it. I did it. Yeah. And it's not uncommon. You know? It's always like, oh, it's uncommon. It's like, but, but I had that. I know what that's like. And it was the same thing because, oh, it's going to take your acne away. It's going to take your pain, pain away. And then you can just have sex and not worry about having a baby, which I didn't want to do. My mom was 19 when she had a baby, right? So, like, I don't want that. No offense. <laughs> But, you know, and it's, but at that time, if it would have been like, but you may never be able to actually have a baby, which I've come to the, it's fine, but I probably would have thought a little differently, you know, but at least given the option to, and that was my choice. I didn't feel like I had a choice. It was like, oh, I have bad acne and I have bad period. Oh, well, the birth control is the only answer. Not, well, maybe you don't eat. I probably ate like 500 calories. I don't even think I knew what water was. I was at like 89 pounds, 15 years old. Yeah, you didn't, there was no effort to address the lifestyle issue, the dietary issues that can help write irregular cycles like that or severe cycles like that. But we, the problem, the problem is with birth control and like a lot of these drugs now is we are in the pharmaceutical paradigm of, of our, of our, of our species. It doesn't solve etiology. It just, it just fixes it to make you feel better. Some of them obviously fix etiology, but most, right? They don't. So this is the problem now. We're, 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 we're in a, we're in a societal stage where it's easier to just take a pill to cover something up than make the whole body intrinsically healthier by changing all of the environmental factors that we can surrounding ourselves to then have like the best expression of ourselves. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's just devastating for me to see this. It's devastating. And sometimes too, isn't it really more basic? So let's maybe get into some advice. Like if someone's wanting to right now, like high level, what are like five things that people should be focusing on, on their life to, to live a little bit healthier? Totally. So first, first things first, the first thing you need to do is you need to go exercise, right? Four to five days a week. I don't care how busy you think you are. I did seven days a week in medical school. You're fine, right? Yeah. You're just a yeah. bit tired. It's a state of mind. Grow up. Yes. Next, you need to take these five medicinal mushrooms every single day forever. Chaga, Rishi, Maitake, shiitake lion's mane and if you can get it at turkey tail okay they have yeah they have all proven antiviral antibacterial antifungal properties they're rich in beta glucans that repair and restore your dna right um yeah another one would be you should adopt the idea that the vedic medicine systems had with diet your food should look like the rainbow every single day. Right? I love that one. Yeah. It's so nice in the Okanagan yeah. in the summer. It's such a possibility because it's just everywhere. And you're just like, yeah. nutrients <laughs> in totally. the winter, not so good. <laughs> but... Yeah. You know, you got to get inventive, like, yes, you know, frozen foods. Um, totally. And then, you know, don't get into powerlifting or bodybuilding and just train functionally. Right. Those people aren't fit nor in shape. And they're all on peds, right? And step or number number five essentially is is uh, I think I think people should start to cultivate themselves. I think at least the way I see it, 
everyone say they you know they we raise children and then you raise yourselves up it's like wait a minute you're ra you raise cattle to die right why don't we think about we cultivate ourselves we give ourselves the things that we need to grow right we don't force it we give ourselves the self-love and space and support to expressively develop ourselves in a non just I'm going to go get smarter at math or get a higher paying job kind of a thing, right? Yes. Spiritualism, yes. like, right. Ecology, like social ecology, like learning how to be with yourself mostly. Because I think most people today don't know how to be with themselves. Man, even when you get into just beginning of meditation, which I'm just now, like I, I promise 10 minutes and I don't judge myself if I get distracted, but it's just like, even just taking those 10 minutes, whether it's distracted or not to, to be present in the moment, not thinking of what I got to do or what I did, or, you know, it is so powerful. It's helped me like see things in a different way. Like during the day, I'll just like think of something and I'll be like, oh, well, when I was a kid, this happened and that's why I'm reacting this way. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? <laughs> and it's because I'm spending time present with myself and really listening in those moments. And even 10 minutes a day in the last year has changed my world. I couldn't imagine like, you know, doing more and more of those type of modalities that bring you back to yourself. Because if you're your best self, you really can help the rest of the world, right? It's not a selfish thing. I think we all think it's selfish to take that time, but I think you need it so that you can be your best self for everyone else. Your body needs it, right? That's why we have to sleep at night. <laughs> nobody nobody yeah. wants to suffer, right? And yeah. it's like, you know what I tell a lot, because I think a lot of people these days, they don't want to feel pain or suffer or anything. And whilst I'm not a Christian, you know, the people around me will just laugh because they know they already know what I'm going to say with this. But I think, yes, there is beauty in religious texts. And I always say to people, the most amazing thing you can learn about yourself is by understanding uh, this biblical scripture here. And it's, uh, blessed are those who travel through the valley of Baku, uh, for they filleth the well and they make it a spring. Now, you'll never understand the meaning of that verse unless you actually read the Bible in its original language and understand that Baku means weeping. So while you may travel through the valley of weeping, you don't have to stay there. And your suffering will fill fill the land and renew it for the next person. You know? That's really cool. I like that one. That's yeah. really nice. I've never read yeah. the Bible, but that sounds beautiful. And it's... Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people don't see is that every, and I'm not trying to be this way and we wish we could take away, but everyone suffers. Everyone has something that they have to get through. And I think once you understand that, it's like when you go through the next step, you're like, what is this teaching me? What am I learning? Yes, this is painful. Feel the emotions, get through it. But the next time it happens, you're going to be so much stronger and then you're going to have more tools and then you can help others by sharing that experience. So they're like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah said this. And this is, you know, and, it, and then it brings in community by being honest and bringing yourself to that real space. Right. And you've done that. You've been completely honest. And I bet you, you feel so good about that because at least it's not a facade. You don't have, you're not faking it. You're real. Like you're honest, you're being real. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what it, do you know what it is? And it's like, look at the way I grew up. I grew up real poor, really, 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 really poor. You know, I grew up in a trailer drug addicted, you know, that kind of American shit like that, you know, that stuff that goes on. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just ridiculous. But you can't have catharsis without suffering. So I am so thankful for suffering all those years when I was younger, those years in Afghanistan, 
the years in medical school, right? The first two years of being a father where I'm learning essentially like how to be in a new relationship and essentially be a dad too. Cause like you take this thing home and like you have, it's like, it's growing. So you have to raise it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. And like, you know, you eventually reach a point where you get this cathartic moment in your life where it elicits this change or this ascension or development into something better. And that's why I say you, you, you just embrace that pain and it's okay. It's okay. And there's always, there's always resources or it's always figure outable. Like that's what I try to tell myself. Like, but sometimes it feels like it's not because you're just holding it in and everyone's so afraid to be judged by saying like, I'm having a hard time or I made a wrong decision. And, and that's really the detriment to themselves because by opening it up, you're going to feel better. You're going to help somebody and you're going to help yourself, right? Like we can't do the world has a community for a reason. We need all of each other to help. Right. And so it's like, but we've in this world, especially on social media, especially with the woke mob, which I want to ask you how you feel um, is, you know, sometimes it's really hard to like lay it out there. Right. And, and grow and be vulnerable. So yourself, I know you tried to wanted to make sure to protect us as well. So the woke mob, how have they, how have they treated you as a medical professional uh, over the last couple of years? And kind of, when did you see that? kind of transition where people are like offended by medical advice <laughs> sorry <laughs> this is so funny the what okay the woke people have been around for a long time with me man oh okay that's because fair. <laughs> i'm i'm just like a buff peterson that's essentially yeah. what i am i'm just peterson with like some big arms you know <laughs> and like a bit less that. eloquent yeah right <laughs> Just a bit less eloquent. I don't give a damn what those people want to say about me because it always centers around the same stupid friggin' thing, and that is transgender issues, right? It's the one thing they try to slay me for often. Like my Instagram, they keep saying they're going to ban me, but they don't because I keep appealing it and giving them the data, right, and and the sources. But yeah, like, you know, the, the problem is, is like, this is, this is, is I'm not going to offend anyone, but this is, this is how I view it. Right. And if, if you get offended by that, that's your problem. And it's not mine. I, I don't go to provoke people. No. Do I believe, for example, cause I'm just going to air it out here just in case YouTube complains. Do I believe that a male or a female can be of the opposite sex truly? No, I do not. I believe that they have gender identity dysphoria. That is a recognized illness in the ICD-10 in the DSM-4 and the treatment of which is gender reassignment, whether it's hormonal and surgical, whatever. Will I use their pronouns? Of course I will. If it's legally compelled, no, I will not. Um, But I will never acquiesce the biological fact that every single cell in their opposing bodies and the neurology scans that have been done, everything's been done, every quantitative metric has been done. You will never get me to see the biological territory of sex and we, we and, and the sexual dimorphisms that have branched over time to lead into gender. Yes. Okay. That, gender is tied with sex. And what I don't understand is how is that so controversial when you actually look at, let's say, very um, spoken out trends like um, like Blair White or Buck Angel, like there are very many of them that are OG speaking out and they'll say, I'm very aware that I am a biological whatever and I am presenting and they will say like they speak out about this and I respect that so much because they made me learn a different side that I didn't maybe see beforehand. And I, I agree it is a medical, I think no one is disagreeing that it's not a medical condition. I think what I'm struggling with, 
yeah, well, there are, um, but there's the, the biggest thing is I think, and maybe you can comment well, social media has like almost glorified and made it seem like it's almost cool to be identifying with one of these mental illnesses. And I feel like kids are then now mentally taking that in and saying, Hey, this person's come out. I'm kind of confused as we all fucking were as teenagers this makes sense. People are getting attention for it. Now people are validating me across the world, even like going to see the president of the United States. This must be it. And I think I shared this, uh, we shared this on the story. What if that child was just gay and now has been pushed into this trans ideology? And we're seeing these transitioners now coming off it saying, you know, like, I feel like social media is what I'm trying to say is forwarding, um, the progression of mental illness, not being something that we therefore look and try to fix as a root cause, but we lift up in a very toxic way, if that makes sense. Well, let me, let me, let me tell you something. Social media is going to get a, going to get a reckoning for them in about 10 years. And I'll tell you why all those people who have detransitioned, all of them had gone through puberty first, ostensibly, or the majority of it, right? Because this is a pretty new thing. They're starting to chemically castrate little boys at eight years old. And now the problem with that is because I really specialize in men's health, men require testosterone. Low testosterone is directly linked to early onset Alzheimer's, schizophrenia, dementia, a litany of issues like diabetes, bone density, whatever. So when you chemically castrate those little boys and Instagram blocks people like me for saying something about it and they post the ads for the little kids on Instagram that are supposed to be on Instagram without parent you know, supervision, you're projecting this to them to alter their body like that. And the most bizarre thing I see is that I got fact-checked on Instagram by saying that that chemically castration drug was safe, right? Um... Number one, it's never been ever used in the way it's been using now for essentially someone's whole life. Yeah, 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 whole life, right? Whole life, you don't whole stop, life, right? So, you don't stop these medications. Totally, and that you know, transitioning drugs are well researched and approved for purpose, and it's like quote for purpose, the purpose in which they were researched for not to say permanently chemically castrate a male and put him on estradiol and and you wonder why the trans community has so such a high incidence of mental health post transitioning it's not even compared it's exponentially higher right And, and i can tell you that's why that's happening so in about 10 years those companies are gonna have to answer for what they did in in, in allowing the government to, to push this propaganda out on our young people. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's just like so sad for me to see that. I feel like it's you know. a new COVID in that sense where it's like, you can't talk about it. You can't talk against it. You can't even bring real data and studies. Like there are women that are on some of these drugs for whatever reason. I don't know if it's endometriosis or something like that, that they're on these uh, uh, drugs. And she, this one girl came out and said, this is ruining my life because I was born with, I have this disease and now they're giving it to kids for their gender confusion. And I just want to be vocal of how fucked up I am from this. And she got ripped apart called the transphobe. And she was like, I am just trying to explain so people have informed consent about what this drug does. It doesn't matter the reason, doesn't matter why you're taking it. 
this is what happened to me. And I want you to know, and she got dragged. And I was like, how is this the world we're living in? We're seeing people jump over a cliff. We're saying, Hey, you're going to possibly die. And they're like, fuck you. And okay. Like, that's what it feels like. It's, but that's what it is because essentially like the right, the cost of testosterone per vial, right. For these people like weekly is like 20 bucks, right. It costs nothing to produce that. This is a money-making enterprise as well. And these, these, yeah. And like, it's, it's also opened up this new realm into transplant research. Like they're talking about transplanting wounds into men now, right? So there's big dollars going into this. And I tell you, I've read the papers and it's viable. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. You guys take it on then. Just kidding. (laughs) I know, right? The women like, you know what? Marriage contract. I have yes. the first one. You get a wound for the second one. I've got to, like, I'm not going to lie. Quality, so, right? Yeah. And it's like, not going to lie. So, and some of this stuff and progressive stuff, it, it does look nice on the outside. You know, like there is some nice things. You're like, you know, that kind of sounds nice that we can, we can, you know, share the, the brunt of, you know, labor. Like for myself, if I couldn't conceive, I can't, then, you know, maybe my spouse could. In the ideal world, but, that sounds kind of cool, but that's not science and biology and it's not... it's transhumanism exactly and i just that's too scary to me i'd rather but that's where science is going science is is going to transhuman the birth control was the first transhumanist um drug created right it was because it actually it changes the woman it does um so that's the problem is that like when we're in this transhumanist phase of medicine and i'm sure youtube will flag this bit um, it's where it's where it's leading to you're looking at genetic treatments for diseases there you know the genomic stuff that's coming out oh you know we'll just edit out this gene we'll use CRISPR now I mean I would be shocked if by the time that I'm dying that we don't have biologically engineered pregnancies that women and men can pay for yep. I'd, I'd be stunned yeah oh, I, feel I mean like in China they're close yep oh wouldn't surprise me and it's like all this stuff it's like again great but like I kind of worry that people then can't just accept reality sometimes. Like it's hard and I can't speak for anybody in their journey. And I've had to accept that I'm not going to be able to have a baby in a normal way. And although that's really hard, I feel like I had to let my ego go because I can be a mother in many other ways. And I'm not speaking on anyone else. So don't come at me. I'm just saying for me, I had to be like, if I keep having, trying to have a baby or keep, and I keep having miscarriages, what's that going to do to my body, my mental health, my spouse, my family, for what? Because I think that the only way to be a mother is to physically have a baby. No, no. But then it's another thing where you're sold that that is the only way. So then, you know, and everyone has their own choice, but some, I don't want to pay thousands of dollars and, and put more things into my body. I've already wrecked my body quite a bit. So it's like, I have to let that go. And sometimes I feel like it's hard, but they're just some of the realities we have to face. And, and, and people are more than willing to take progression, but there's going to be consequences. And I feel like sometimes these are the consequences where that like, People aren't even going to want to have relationships anymore. And we see that because there's OnlyFans and Tinder and online and they don't go search for, so what is all of this doing? Like, are people even going to have marriages and relationships? Well, I think the great idea is like, at least from what I view of social media is people. Um, the great, the great, like, yeah, the great, um, the great goal of social media, in my opinion, has been just to disintegrate society into a more virtual realm to make things accessible, automated, and easier to attain. 
but like the, I think the problem is is like there's always this like grinding with it because humans are tribal right we like our little tribes of people and so it's like you have this like this iconoclastic battle between like social media and primitive tribal instincts like which one will win and I'm starting to think that the tribal side is winning right because more people are listening more people are coming out and realizing what's going on people are stop stopping stopping medication stop eating this shit food that's making them sick you know and and people are I think in my mind waking up more now but we have to accept social Darwinism survival of the fittest is no longer the strongest it's the smartest so people people like us in the end and yes this is all to all you vaxxers who hate me you're the stupid ones essentially and i'm i've been proven right week on week now especially with the covid vaccines i literally chuckle in in icelandic in my brain right when i see this because it's like it's like you idiots it's like vas hastu gedacht right like what did you expect you know and it's like but this is true it's like I never got vaccinated. My son has never gotten vaccinated with anything. And he's not going to until he can make the choice on his own. If, if we're going to go to Africa, he'll get Ebola or something, whatever. But like, yep. if it's for a sanitation disease, no friggin' way because no. they're not required. And that was actually one of the questions the girls wanted to know from you, if I may ask, is, you know, hang however you feel about the COVID vaccine, if you want to, but we're more like, we're all on the same page. None of us on the uh, podcast are vaccinated. We were very vocal through it. We shared it on the show. We tried to get it out there with no medical background. Um, But uh, two of the girls have kids and um, uh, two of us don't. Um, But we're curious as how do you feel about childhood vaccinations? Like, like you said, obviously you didn't, should, should parents be questioning these more? Should they just be trusting people? Like, how do you feel about the normal vaccination? Okay, so Athel has gotten none of them. He's not going to get them. And I'm, I'm going to approach this from two wings of logic, right? Yep. One, you're going to stick a needle into your baby when it's freshly born, traumatize it, make it sick and unwell, right? And you're going to repeatedly do that every three months, right? So we wonder why we have angry people. And we wonder why we have people that intrinsically are fearful of people. I can't prove it, but this is my thought. So that's what it is. Secondly, measles hasn't killed anybody in a long time. I think I can get the statistic, but I'm fairly certain the peak measles deaths were about 800 in the 1900s a year. I think it's about that in America. I think that's in about America. 800. I can see if I can, I'm, I can see, but I'm fair. Yeah. 815. There you go. Right. And that's in like 1947. When we obviously didn't have as advanced medical Anything. Well, we didn't have vaccines for it back then. So, like, the thing is, is measles, mumps, and rubella, they never really killed a lot of people. They're very contagious and infectious. There's no doubting that at all. Yeah. But, right, vaccines weren't responsible for saving humanity from measles. It's like, Jesus Christ. It's like, that's why Africa still has so many die from measles, mumps, and rubella. It's nothing to do, uh, essentially, with the vaccine. It has to do with public health right? They don't have good dwellings. They don't have adequate nutrition. They don't have warmth. They don't have good water, right? So if the the human body is intrinsically ill, it's going to get more susceptible to severe illness from everything, 
Yes. Okay. In the West, sense. we don't have that damn problem. Everything's fortified with vitamins, right? Yeah. Your honey nut Cheerios with vitamin D or whatever the hell they put in it, in it now, right? But this is the thing. So these are these are sanitation diseases, and I don't care who gets mad at me for saying it. I don't care, right? Because there has been mumps outbreaks in Ireland and all over universities. So did the, aren't the vaccines meant to stop all that, right? And it's like, if we really want to talk so, about it, <laughs> there was a guy in 1998, and basically this is, this is a very real study that was done, and the study was done on the adverse uh, long-term effects of uh, vaccines, right, for, for, for parents. And basically what they did was there was a Norwegian study, and the Norwegian study basically described, um, it was in 1998, that they found a positive correlation with getting rubella and tetanus vaccines after two months with diabetes, asthma, and, 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 and like sinal infections, like chronic sinal infections. And I can send you that paper. And that yeah. was done. And they were, they were, yeah, and they were saying, oh, we should maybe consider like informing them of these possibilities, right? So I don't believe they cause autism. I'm not in that group. No, but... Because the study's been done, right? But, like, yeah. I also see correlations in high amounts of autism in the society now. I think that's probably due to a reduced prevalence of breastfeeding, poor quality nutrition, drug usage, stuff like that. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that's yeah. kind of where I'm leaning with it. But, yeah, and yeah I, I mean... I feel like, too, it's so hard when people say, oh, well, it used to be this way, but we don't live in a space where we used to. Like, you know what I mean? We like, live in now. Yeah, and and the nutrients and the foods, like yes, in the West, way better than obviously Africa and stuff like that. But it's still like there's some people that don't even know what nutrition is, right? They're like, oh well, I just eat out of boxes all the time, and I'm fine because I eat. And it's like, but if you're eating nonstop processed foods and you don't have any like fruits or vegetables or herbs, I mean, you're probably not going to be set up successfully when illnesses come and knocking at your door, right? We've, we've been separated from food and nature and earth, right? We can make cereals in, in factories, right? They're growing food in factories now, like pesticides, like fertilizers, like nutra, nutribolics that like make them grow huge and stuff like, I mean, man, I tell people come to Europe and see how small a tomato is, right? You'll shake yeah. yourself like I this big. Go to America, it's like this friggin' sphere of just like meaty flesh you know it's like what the hell is that thing yeah i just like, don't you believe stick it. in that yeah, yeah i don't the cows man yeah and like grapes the other day i got a grape was like this big i was like oh my god this is a fucking apple i was like what is this and it's like i don't even know if i want to eat it because i'm like i don't know what this is but it's better than yeah i'm like well it's nice and crunchy and cold so i guess i'll go for it but you know and it's and it's, uh, it's something where I feel very blessed that like five, five, six months out of the year, we have a lot of local food that we can get here in Kelowna and BC. It's very beautiful that way. And, but in the winter time, it's like, you have to be extra diligent because we don't have those things. We don't see the sun as much. And being a stoner, I'm always outside. So I feel like I have another advantage because I will smoke weed in the middle of winter outside so that I'm outside totally. and like, yeah. I get some sort of sun in my face because I don't think people understand how important that is. Um, just for the basics, like you said, right? Like going back to your five tips, it really comes down to basic necessities, like feed yourself, move your body, detox it by moving. And 
you that doesn't mean you have to go to the gym for a fucking three hours go for a half an hour walk clean your house vigorously dance a little bit play with your kids like people get so trapped up in like special social media oh well if i'm not at the gym seven days a week eating perfectly da 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 then i'm not gonna do it and it's like no you you just have to do it in your own way it doesn't have to be how everybody else is staying fit and healthy like you you gotta be unique right yeah do what makes you happy but move like you're a mover like we're movers right like everyone always thinks like i'm like this big meathead because i come kind of like a bigger guy but like i have i actually have a genetic condition that makes me this way but it's irrelevant but i like movement i like doing weird exercises like just real just like do you know just real weird stuff like you've seen on my instagram it's like you're like what the hell is he freaking doing (laughs) but i'm like but it's because it's just so it's you though. Like you're not yeah. someone that feels those things. You like to, no. and you're not in there for the bodybuilding. You're like you said, you're functioning. Yeah, so I'm like, I like well, to move and play around. Yeah. I was like, well, obviously this is doing something different, even though it's not traditional. Like you still look like you're doing like, it's like a ballet. And I'm like, well, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> if I do that, yeah, I die. It's like, yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I'm just a bit crazy that way, but no, it's like, you know, it's, we're intrinsic movers and people just need to get not get bogged down by the bodybuilding industry. It's like, I'm saying it now. I see you juice heads, right? I just, I can, I want to superimpose a llama, you know, the llama that I post, right? You should do this. You're all on pads. All of you, the women, the men, if a woman has no boobs and a shredded six pack and glutes bigger than friggin' JLo's like at 28% fat or whatever she is, they're not natural you won't be them stop trying so just that, be healthy that was my biggest shocker i think like i think steroids in itself was very shocking to me getting into the fitness industry but i think what's i think i always knew about men i think it was the women that blew me away because i had no idea and and when i when i say that it was like okay i understand like anavar but i didn't understand and i'm not shading because i know there's women that listen and my friends that do it but there's women that I know that would take male steroids and didn't know that it would grow like their lady bits. Exactly. Well, Anavar's, I'm telling you, ladies listening, Anavar's going to do it eventually. It's a I've male never, steroid. Yeah, I have never done right? anything for this reason because I was like, I don't care if that is the result at any point. No, thank you. And, and I've also abused my body personally with birth control and Tylenol abuse. Like, I'm person that is like, no. But I think what blows my mind is that I'm personally like, if you have informed consent and you want to do it, fine, but don't lie to your clients. Please don't lie to your clients and say that you got your body um, by by strictly following this cut and paste diet that and, and, and that you took for half an hour. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, don't do it. See, he's saying don't do it. He knows. He knows at his age. Don't pull that shit, ladies. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I got caught up in that. <laughs> is that I got hurt by that, right? And it sucks when you see your friends say, well, I'm not doing good enough, da, 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 but you know it's because they're going after unachievable goals because they're not taking those things. They're yeah. going to- <laughs> it's so sad. It it's my favorite when they say CrossFit when they're natural. It's like, right, I'm an Icelander, right? They're not natural. They're not. No, I grew up with them. Yeah, no. <laughs> you see you that you like when you're a child <laughs> it's like <laughs> no dice but it, it's sad because then people yeah. it just it, it enforces body dysmorphia 10 times more yeah. right totally and so, it's and so women 
and, and that's what I mean. Like, that's why I just love, like, and I'm not trying to shade anybody, but when I see someone, no, that's, shady, yeah. and, and when I see someone like smile and I, I, um, Oh no, it's not good. When I see four headlines, I'm almost like shocked now. And I'm not trying to be rude, but it's like going back. Someone said this the other day, going back to how he said that everything is moving towards this transhumanism thing. This girl made a point and she was like, if we all have this like AI filter face and we all go to the plastic surgeon and we all say we want that, we're all eventually going to look like that. And where's going to be the uniqueness of individuality? And I agree with that, like very much so. Honestly, my my wife has never been more beautiful than she is at her age now. And I've known her for years now. Right? She's a mother now. She looks different. You know, she looks great for a mom. She's crazy. She, you know, Quivet, all the women hate her because she put zero effort in the gym, but she looks great. And she that. just eats. Yeah, you know. But, yeah. you know, I love her age. I love seeing, like, the little wrinkles starting on her eyes. Like, that's her beauty. She's a woman. It's okay. Okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah, it it's is. okay it's, to age. It is. I just don't know. I think for me, I just never understood. Like, I always looked up to older women and had such admiration for them. And just like, and now it's like, I feel like I'm weird because I like that. And I feel like I'm missing something. And, and it, it's such a strange thing to be. Like, when people are like, my dentist once I love her. But she was like, oh, you've never had Botox or, or fillers or anything? And I'm like, I'm 35. Well, 36 now. But why would I... I don't, most people think I'm like in my late twenties. I don't, why would I do that? And I'm just paranoid, maybe because the birth control gave me blood clots, but I'm like, I'm going to be that person that's going to get an injection and it's going to be a bad thing. And and, and I guess that leads me to my, one of my next questions is I, a lot of people will go back and say, well, it's medical Botox. It's medical this. Like, do you feel medical like, Botox. that's Jesus what I mean. Christ. Like, is that, is there... <laughs> Is there validity in that? Like, or is that just kind no, of- No, it's botulism. It's a, it's right. It's this, oh, stop it. Isn't it it's black? It's the same thing. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, he doesn't like it either. No. Um, it's, it's a toxin. It's a paralytic. It's like, it's like I remember in the old workout supplements, pharmaceutical grade dextrose. It's like- so sugar, right? Like it's castor sugar, right? It's all the same thing. And to be honest, when you're getting stuff injected into your face, man, you, you want to be careful. They could hit a nerve and it just, you know, like you don't want that. I, I rub ghee on my face. My partner does the same thing. I go to Lush. Do you know, I rub all the nice skin stuff nice on my skin. face and, yeah. and that does it, right? It, and I eat healthy and I exercise a lot. I do shower three times a day. Maybe that's a tip. Like if you want nice, you shower all the time. Yeah. Except you have hair, so it doesn't work that way. Yeah, no, so, you know. it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah, just... so I mean, Botox is terrible. It shouldn't be allowed. It's nonsense. We, we need to stop screwing with people. Just stop doing it. And isn't it too like a black, a black box warning too? And isn't it a black oh, box? Oh, there certainly warning? is. And it's like- and, I, and so... I can pull that up if you want. That would be amazing. Yeah. Because and I can uh, read it. Perfect. Because I think that's one thing that people don't quite understand because maybe they don't see the boxes, but it yeah. definitely well, is. Well, it's there. in that pamphlet sometimes. Yeah. And I just don't feel like people have informed consent when they're doing it. And, and again, I'm, people are going to get mad at me. They always do when I talk about this. Um, but I just, it makes me sad that people feel, someone said something the other day, there's a yep. difference between beauty culture and beauty cult. 
If you want to do it because it generally makes you feel better, great. But if you can't leave the house or talk to people, then it's a beauty cult and you've been sucked in and sold something. But if it's something that highlights accents and, and it's not hurting you, great. But I don't think a lot of women, especially with breast implant illness, it disport, um, whatever uh, illness had any idea that that was going to happen. No. So here's, here's the black box warning, right? So black box warning. So let me tell you, the, the, these symptoms do happen. If you get, if you get enough Botox, right? It does happen. That's a black box warning is the strongest possible warning that you will get fucked up by something. It's going to happen, right? Just accept it. So the effects of all botulinum toxin products may spread from the area of injection site to produce symptoms consistent with botulinum toxin effects. These symptoms may include asthenia, generalized muscle weakness, diplopia, blurred vision, breathing issues, trouble peeing. Um, these symptoms can be reported hours to weeks to months after injection. Swallowing and breathing difficulty, difficulties can be imminently life-threatening and death has been reported. Um, these symptoms also occur in adults most commonly that are treated for spasticity and other conditions um, and also highly inclined in uh, treatments basically that you're getting cosmetically. And there's also these things that you, you kind of want to be aware of when you're getting these this Botox injected, has your dermatologist or the lady you're going to made sure that you don't have any hypersensitivity in that region, right? If they haven't, they haven't done their job. And if you got hurt, you could sue them and you could win because they must do all that. And they must check you for neuromuscular disease, make sure you don't have it, right? But and how would you even know that you do or not though, right? Like, I don't know, like, I just That's feel like- their job. I know, I know. But it's like, as a person, you know, like, I feel like a lot of people find out that they have things because it's a negative effect of something, you know, like, oh, I had no idea that I was allergic to this. And then I had it, you know, so it's just like, I feel like anything that you do, essentially, whether you think you have some one of these illnesses, you're still at risk, right? Like, it's, it's of course. Just, always taking a risk. And I just think people think, well, I see a bunch of people and they look great, and they're fine. But are we fine? are we fine? Are we all fine? I hear so many people say they have anxiety and depression and their mental health is all over the place. So are we, I don't know. Like, I think I am, I'm good. I know people are, but you know, I, I just kind of struggle to see that, you know, so many people say, no, it doesn't hurt me. And I'm just like, but have you looked at it? You know, maybe it's not the, I just think people, you know, it's like, um, one of my favorite books is the, is Dorian Gray, like the painting of Dorian Gray, if you're familiar with it. No. Uh, so basically, it's like this this classic book, and Dorian sells his soul to the devil in exchange for immortality. But the painting of him will become more grotesque over time, and if he ever looks at it, you know, he'll just he'll just die because it just will suck the soul from him. But essentially, that's what it's become with life, right? It's like we just we don't want to look no. at our own pictures, and maybe sometimes we we do need to look at our own picture and say, okay. Am I healthy outside of the traditional medical sense of my blood work is fine? What about my psychiatric health? What about what about my spiritual state of well-being? Like, how do I feel intrinsically human right now? Because that is separate from your mental health, right? You know, and that's the thing. It's like people people don't want to take a step back and look at that because they're either trained to not care about it or think it's just you know 
vegan hippie nonsense or whatever it is. Um, or they know that what they look at will upset them. So it's easier to just continue living, working and dying. Right. than than to ever try to really self-reflect and find meaning. Yes. And I feel like too, and I don't know if this is fair to say, but I find a lot of people and myself has been here as well, is that when someone else takes responsibility, it's kind of like the last couple of years, like I was just doing the right thing. I was doing what the government told me I was doing this. It's like, it almost like uh, alleviates the responsibility you had for your choice. So when something goes bad, it's like, well, I was just doing what I was told or da da da. And it's like totally. that, that personal responsibility, I think is now starting to come far back more into trend than it ever has. Cause I think a lot of us, especially Canadians were just doing Canadian things. We're just living our lives. And the pandemic happened. And we're like, Holy <laughs> shit. Our prime minister is a psychotic lunatic. Uh, Canada is corrupt as shit. Like this is not how I was raised. A lot of us got kind of like, smacked in the face um and with covid and the pandemic and the lockdown um you've seen it from afar how do you feel like canada handled that in your opinion were we one of the worst were there worse than us how do you <laughs> australia maybe china are we in the do top you know what? Three? like china and australia are just their own brand of despotic fascists just like new zealand like honest to god our Dern, thank Christ, she's gone. I couldn't look at that anymore. That whole travesty happened. Just all of it, right? Canada, I think Canada is so bad just because like Trudeau, and it's so funny because I remember like my my partner in graduate school, she was all about him because she hated, what was his name again? Uh, uh, oh, we talked about this. Um, Harper. Harper, Harper, that's was what it was Harper. Harper. And like, yeah. honest to God, Trudeau was the second coming of Christ for her. It was I crazy. I was like, it was yeah, like this, yeah. this, this messianic figure. And I was like, who is this guy? Who was the hair? And she's like, oh, you know, he like boxed before and he like admitted to doing cocaine and like all this stuff. And I was like, so I don't know if that's a good leadership quality, but oh, okay. <laughs> And then, like, now you fast forward, like, almost, right, like, a decade, and you're like, Jesus Christ, man. It's like, that's who you put in power. So Just... wild. And why he can be in power for eight years straight, like, we got to fix that. We have to fix that. And honestly, like, he's not a fascist. That... He's an absolute fascist. It's nuts yes. to me. And, it's, and you say that here, and people are like, oh, no. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> obviously, you guys. I mean, he lied about the truckers. He lied. Oh, hundred like... percent. And and he just got he he's literally put everybody in a position. And I feel like that's most governments is you know there is that top elite families and the people that have been around forever and they will always marry and keep them together. Yeah. People can think I'm a conspiracy theorist, but go back look at the fucking genealogy. It all connects to the totally. same people so that they can have completely control. And people will say, well, why? Because powerful people want more money and more power, and the only way to keep that is by keeping all of the population below them. So you know do. Do I believe the conspiracy that Bill Gates is killing everybody on purpose for this? No, maybe not. But he's definitely not doing good for the world. Like, you know, how, how is someone like Bill Gates being taken more seriously about medical stuff than a doctor sitting right in front? Not we all, the right people take you seriously. But you know what I'm saying? Like, how do the woke mob look at Billy Gates, who is not even adjacent to a doctor and go, this guy knows he couldn't even fix Microsoft. But some as a doctor that's like, I spend my whole last 30 years learning this is bullshit. And then you're the fucking crazy person. I don't. Here's, here's my response to the woke mob. Is there any, any provable metric that Bill Gates is actually smart? I'm not saying he's not a good businessman. 
I'm not yeah. saying that, but what has he actually created or developed, like intellectually? Actually, nothing. nothing. So, a guy who has really no accomplishments besides monetizing at that time when it was essentially like taking candy from children, computers, right? Why, why do you guys hold him as this like messiah and that he's so intelligent that he's this amazing guy? It's like they don't even want to research their gods. No, no. right? They, they just follow these false paper gods like Greta Thunberg, Fauci. you know, the rich child Fauci. Oh, my favorite, that little rodent. Like, you know, I mean, he looks like a rodent. I mean, Christ, it's like he's just been in a lab so long, he's turned into a rat. You know, that's what's happening. The thing that blew my mind is that we would show clips of him talking about how masks didn't work at the time that everyone, especially every rest of BC got to take their masks off. Kelowna and the Okanagan had to keep ours on longer because, you know, makes sense scientifically. And like we would share the videos of Fauci saying that they don't do anything, but people are like, here he says it does. I'm like, okay, well. There okay. is there is literally zero qualitative quality proof that those stupid little cloth masks that people wore did anything. If you had an N95, no problem. Yeah. If you want to give me an N95 and I'll walk around on the street in winter and flu season with that thing on, no problem. Yeah. You're going to pay for it. I'm not paying for it, right? But those cloth masks, they even said on the label, this is not PPE. But then people were coming at me like Alex Jones and conspiracy. It's like, no, it's like, read it, stupid. If you get sick, you can't sue them. And like sometimes Alex Jones has some good things to say too. Like I don't always know. Like Alex, I guess Alex I Jones is so funny, but he has his good parts too. Like I'm not. It just. But this is the world where we're totally. in, where it's like you cannot be a fully rounded individual with very many different ideas that can change on continuum. It's you said this one thing five years ago, whether you're right or wrong, and we're going to cancel you. And that makes me think, like, how much book burning actually happened over the last couple of years, like. And before Whoa. our time, with the amount of social media stuff that gets censored, it really made me think like there was a TikTok that went around the other day, and I'm not religious either. I don't read the Bible, but it was showing that parts of the Bible were missing. So I wonder if social media is trying to suppress everyone from learning about this kind of stuff. Did they do the same things with literature and with all these big, you know, companies, uh, publishing houses where they control them what they could publish and destroy and remove from people's knowledge to like make us stupid you know what i mean i mean make us dumber. <laughs> totally this has been going on for a while like i mean first example of it go on to google and type in vaccine injuries yeah bears is a conspiracy theory <laughs> what <laughs> you, you can go back hundreds of pages and it's all it's gonna have is vaccine information resources to get you injected yeah but when exactly. i was in high school in america i was reading this book called black boy uh by richard wright and I remember I was reading this book and I got to the end and I was like, man, this seems to like end kind of weird. So I went to the public library and I went to the librarian and she's still alive. So if you listen to this, which I'm, I've already told her she can listen to it, um, you'll remember this. So thank you for this. She went into the back and she got me another copy of Black Boy, which was significantly bigger. But it contained the second part of the book called The Horror and the Glory, which is a political discourse essentially on American capitalism. But that wasn't in the school, the school book, right? They'd only had the one, right, you know. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And I think people don't really understand. And I understand there's bad people in the world. And I'm not saying that certain things shouldn't change. But when you start eliminating 
parts of history and by books, by statues, by, I'm not saying we need to commemorate these bad people, quote yeah, unquote, totally. but when you erase the tragedies that they've done, you also erase the survivors and the story to change that, in my opinion. And although maybe, yes, yeah, schools should change names because maybe that person was a terrible colonizer or what have you, but let's have something else to commemorate that, like, let's not erase it. Let's make sure that the people that didn't know their future generations know, so we never repeat it, right? And, and this is what I didn't understand where people would say, we're not in war. I'm like, we were 100% in a psychological war over the last couple of years. And the thing is, is that they just got smarter. You didn't, re they're not coming yeah. to you, asking you to enlist, but you're enlisting by being on your phone and being a part of this like totally. very dangerous yeah. ideology and you're contributing to it. And we've been, as you've seen in this month, talking about cults and over the last yeah. little bit, I'm seeing similarities to the people over the last couple of years. It's like this COVID, uh, you know, cult where it's like, you cannot, you're booted out. You cannot. And, and that's why we did it. Cause we wanted people to see the similarities of behavior. Totally. It's very to me. <laughs> like as a Scandinavian, it reminds me of something like Jantaloven, which is basically like, like you've ever go to Norway or whatever, like Iceland, you notice like people dress kind of the same. People just do the same things. They're cultural ethno states. But they're like kind of social norms that you have to adhere to. And if you don't, you're like ostracized or like, you know, it's very, very difficult to make friends. And I think the world got like a taste of that on a global stage, but way more hardcore. But that's what it felt like to me. It was like, you're just being ostracized. And um, luckily for us, we were in rural Ireland. So like, it didn't really matter. I went on like five walks a day. So come get me, you know, and I went more than one kilometer, you know. And you didn't wear a mask. You know I, you. <laughs> no, no mask, no nothing. I was like, screw this shit. I'm not doing it. And I said that. And I and I and I and I encourage everybody, right? Yeah. If this ever happens again, and it's like the same thing, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not doing none of it. If they imprison me, that's fine. I'll go on hunger strike. If I die, I die. That's also fine. I don't care. But I'm not doing this. Because if you sacrifice your self-worth and your freedom. It is akin to what happened, how Hitler took to power, right? When they first banned the Jews, because this is the story of how he first really attained power. This, this is a cultural level, right? First, if, if, if you didn't get the Jew vaccine, you couldn't go to the men's clubs. Then it was you, you couldn't go to parks. So people are like, okay, that's fine. And then it was you couldn't go to work. And then it was you die, right? So this is the slippery slope where, you know, we, we need to realize that, like, essentially sacrificing even an inch to something that you don't believe in not can will but has led to tremendous travesty and genocide and murder across the world including today which in my opinion is the genocide of people that took those mrna vaccines that did not need to take them that were at an, a higher risk of from from myocarditis and other injury from the vaccine than covid the fact that the government's lied, that in my opinion is absolute genocide and we'll never know how many people died or will die because they will never report that. Associated. But no. yeah, It'll that's what happened, right? Yeah. Yep. First, you couldn't leave your house. Then, oh, you get one kilometer peasant. Do you know yes. what I mean? Yep. You can go you to your can't see your parents. You're going to nope. kill them. Yeah. You know? Yes. And oh. it was just weird to me. I was like, you know... And the Americans, you know, it's like half of them went along with it, you know, but yeah, I didn't expect, 
Yeah, it was weird. But then the Canadians, you guys really caffeinated up. You know, we always say in America, like you're the decaf version of us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You guys just like cranked it up. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like we went like very extreme. And then I think all of us were just done. And I think the trucker convoy really shook up the world. I don't know if there was something else that changed it, but I truly, in my heart, that to me changed the projection of the rest of this world um, and how we all looked at it because it was like, totally. holy shit, the Canadians that are decaf, are quiet, are, you know, polite, <laughs> they just take the shit and smile, a you know, whatever, igloos, Tim Hortons, what have you. Um, we're like, we're fucking done. And it wasn't like, it was the, like, the truckers and the everyday people like us. It wasn't, you know, like the, the doctors and the, the, medical world it was everyday people saying no i'm fucking done the blue collar people that didn't give a shit about their social credentials and their it was just like we're done we're done we're done it was amazing for me to see because like like canadians because they're so funny to me you just get on with everything really like the last time i was there there there's like festival called veld yeah 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 big party we were like we were like driving past it because i was visiting and it was just pissing rain and it was cold and awful. But you just saw all the Canadians dancing and having a great time. And it's like for them to freak out, it takes a lot. Do you know what I mean? It's like they're not mad at this. No, no, we're they're not, not mad, mad at this. I mean, look at our freaking protests that we had. They had fucking yeah, bouncy castles for kids. <laughs> oh, say hi. He's I mean, they had He's so adorable. Um, they had bouncy castles for kids. Like that's what was that they were feeding the homeless. They were putting yeah. money into businesses in the area that hadn't seen money for years. They were yeah. giving back. They and, and and it was all come across as like, oh, they're just right wing conspiracy. And that was like, okay, whatever. Then it call me that then. If that's what that is, then I want to associate with that. Those are amazing totally. people. And they changed the world. And I don't think anybody expected that. And when they took off, because I'm from BC, so when they took off from BC and they started going, I just started bawling. I even posted a video of being like, look, Canada, we can either come together and just understand that we're going to be different and take the country back and lead by example to the rest of the world, or we can keep fighting. And the amount of people that came out, whether they were vaccinated or not, was insane. Like so many people that were vaccinated that were like, I'm done with this. It was absolutely beautiful. And for anybody else to say anything other than that, I don't care. Like, I don't care what Trudeau, I don't care what the government ended up saying in court. I don't care. I witnessed that firsthand. I've watched it. I watched the day that the cops came down and were ripping people out of there. And it was like close to like martial law. I watched that whole thing happen. And even though it ended, it just, it changed everybody. It changed everything. It didn't need to keep going on. They did what they needed to do. And now look where we I are. totally agree. It was a beautiful movement. Like it was just, I remember watching in the news and like it even made it in Ireland. Like, like people are new about this, you know, like little Irish people. Yes, they have internet, you know, in the country. Yes. <laughs> it worked with a girl from Ireland too. So yeah, I got to like, know a little bit more about the area. Yeah. Like some Americans, like they messaged me, they're like, oh, if I visit, you know, when I was living there, like, is there internet? It's like, yes, man. Like, come on. It is still beautiful, but it's still advanced. It's not like it's like in a bad, you know. But no, it was amazing to see it, and uh, I was like, "This is what needs to happen everywhere." And then the farmers in Ireland started doing it. They were driving their tractors and parking them, you know. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It it just—I think that's when it shifted.
I think so too. In my and it's really opinion. cool to see. Yeah, it's really cool to see because I think for all of us that had that voice, it kind of all united us. Like for myself, like I knew about little people here and there, but when the trucker convoy happened and everyone started sharing it to social media, like doesn't matter what side you stand on, let's stand together. I was like, I have goosebumps talking about it. It was like the first time I watched like a really good Canadian Olympic hockey game where the whole country, it did not matter because we're always told that we're divided by age and race and status and da 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 da. It was like it was it was that was bullshit lie because you've seen everybody there with their kids, their families, veterans like the veterans that walked. There was a veteran that walked across Canada to there, and he still got fucking arrested when he got over there. And it's like there's still vets that have been talking out that are arrested um, for speaking out for the countries that we fought about. Now, someone that has been in the military, like. How painful must that be that you're speaking up for the people you promised to fight against and the people that you're supposed to be like working for to facilitate this are oppressing you? Yeah, you know, like as a Marine, I, it, and like being a Marine, it's like there's no, no like ex-Marines. Some say they'll form a Marines, but it's essentially I'm just a jarhead for my whole life. That's just what it is. And I'm disagreeable, you know, and that's, yeah. Um, no, it's devastating, right? Like, as a Marine in America, like, my oath was to swear, was to protect and uphold the Constitution, right? And when you see the government subverting the Constitution, it's like, okay, how do I fight this federal structure now? Like, how does this, how does this happen? Because through force, it's not possible, Right. Um, unless we're talking like revolution, which, you know, nobody wants to see something like that happen. And as a veteran, I'm just so privileged that I have an education now that I can speak out and help other veterans. Like I really speak out for veterans and suicide. Um, so if there's any Canadian veterans listening, I know it's very hard to get access to mental health services. Um, you can message me. I have a page that works with American and Canadian Marines where we coordinate you with very, very cheap mental health care or free. I think the most expensive is like 20 US dollars for an hour. But if you're struggling and you don't feel comfortable, you can message me and I'll help you get access to that. Um, you know, and that's, that's the big thing. I see that probably like once a week that you remind everyone about those kind of things. And it's, yeah. it's shitty because you're losing it. You're, you're losing those people and you're seeing the effects yeah. of all of this stuff. And I yeah. can't imagine that was also another kick to the teeth of, did they not force the vaccine mandates on the military as well? And yeah. I believe that was the first doctor that I seen when I clued in like a couple years ago that, that, that she was worried is that she was seeing onset stuff with uh, the military pilots, I believe it was. And she was yeah. ringing the bell and being like, Hey, yeah. I've never seen my pilots like this before i'm worried yeah. and she got completely silenced and removed yeah. from social media. i don't even know if she's alive yeah. still, to be honest with you and it's like that's our defense that's our protection you know like how how if you want not saying this but if you wanted to attack from the inside it, i mean these are very if this just happened by proxy <laughs> that's really interesting but it's like you're tearing down all of the youth with the tiktok and the social media and like, you know, removing them from reality. And then all you're attacking all the people that are protecting the country as well. Now, is how well, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's so clever how they do it, right? They're making men no longer men and women no longer women. This is what's happening. There's nothing wrong if you're a young male with being aggressive. I'm not saying I'm not saying I be a bully, say. right? You're dominant, right? 
There's nothing wrong with being a man. There's nothing wrong with being a bit aggressive. There's nothing wrong with having a sex drive or like looking at women as long as, right? Mm-hmm. We're mad. It's what happens. Women do it yep. too. But like, as 100%. long as you're respectful and you're not weird, right? There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> so when they're convincing men to demasculinize themselves because it's toxic and that women should become less feminine because it's not optimal for your life in terms of monetary gain, it's like, yeah, okay, maybe. But it's like, then we also need to talk about like what's best for the woman's wellness. Mm-hmm right? It's not just about money equals wellness, right? So this is the problem. They're, they're essentially telling the world that like the way they intrinsically and naturally feel most of each gender is wrong, which is crazy. I mean, Christ, I the current understand. crop of Marines I don't even want to look at in boot camp. They're probably like with pink hair and painted nails and like just, that's getting not triggered. I, and that's just not scary to me. Like, I don't feel safe with that. I'm not trying to be that way. Like, I feel very comfortable in being a feminine yeah. woman in the same yeah. sense that when my spouse is gone to way to work and I'm the only person at home, then I lean into my masculine more and stand up and be that more dominant role yeah. because I have to. Or at work, I could sit in a room with a bunch of women and I'll be, you know, more feminine. But then I'll go into a boardroom with a bunch of men and I won't yeah. be that, not because... I have to change myself because it's about reading the energy and having collaborative um, like movements and things together that you don't have to be so rigid and always be that girly girl. I'm not going to go into a meeting totally. with all guys and be like, oh my God, did you guys see I got my hair cut? I'm going to go in and be like, hey, let's talk about, you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. is people just think it's weird that you can kind of like fluidity is, is you can kind of shift through your energies without totally. changing your gender. Yeah. And I don't understand why that that is so bad now to be like, I'm with a very alpha man and I want to be, that is, I like feeling like I'm the woman. Does he push me down to, I can't do anything? Absolutely no, not. Yeah. He pushes me up all the time and is like, I can do this for you, but I think you can do it for yourself. So why don't you try first? And if you need me, I'll come help you. Or some days I'll be like, open this. Cause I just, you know, guys want to feel yeah. guys and girls want to feel girls. But now it's like, I'm shamed for that. Or like, I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to ask Grant um, if he's cool with me going here. And it's like, you don't have to ask him permission. I'm Bitch, I'm not. I'm having respect for my spouse. Yeah. And I'm saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. Are you cool with that? Because I, I love you and I want you to say mutual respect now seems to be this like bending to the patriarchy or giving up something feminine. But I think losing yourself as a feminine in your relationship is actually true strength, personally. It's the death. Yeah. I mean, like, I, totally. Like, when women, like, at least from what I've seen, because I just come from like a family of like really strong feminine women, like my granddad and my granny raised me for a good while. And like, my granddad was a tough bastard and my granny was equally tough, but she loved him. Right. And like, she would, she would bring him out his, his, his pint of like beer, even though she shouted at him for asking, right. Like this just, she's going to do it. Yeah. Do you know? So it's, it's, I think women who, and this is my opinion, that never experienced that and the freedom and safety of being that way and just being soft and vulnerable. I, I feel bad for you. And it's probably why you're unhappy at 55 and you're wearing like the pussy hats at the marches shouting at, shouting at people. That's, I think that's why that happened. And that's what, and I think that happens with everyone. So you have like broken homes where there's no men and the men, these boys are being raised without a a, a good male figure. And then they're just raised by women, which is good because I think there's a sense where it's like feelings weren't taken care of and mental health wasn't taken care of, let's say in our grandparents' generation. So our parents' generation really felt that. 
Um, and so like, I think where it's like our generation is trying to counteract that, but has gone so fucking far that it's like, everything is feelings and we're not in a reality anymore. And it's like, I understand where you're coming from, where you don't want these hard ass people that don't care about mental health and like boys shouldn't cry and da da da. I get that. But now it's like, you're going too far. Like we still need boundaries on either side here. And I think they're just boundaries don't exist anymore, but labels exist and they're so important, but don't label me, but label me correctly. I, I don't get it. <laughs> Honestly, I just feel like feelings aren't real and they're just responses to unhealed traumas. Yes. And if good. you're getting triggered like that by something, that should tell you that there's like intrinsic work to do on yourself to overcome that. Because I'm not saying, I think feeling and expression is conflated, right? People feel things, but they're actually expressing things. You can yes. feel things and not express them and just be okay. So yes, this true. is my thing, right? Yeah, this is my thing. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm like this automaton, you know, it's like, you know, I'm better than like Asperger's automaton, you know, like I, I'm not, I don't feel anything. No, it's like, I definitely feel things, but I don't have to have like an outburst or a, a vibrant response, either positive or negative to something. Sometimes your true power is being able to feel something, embrace that feeling, accept it, let it be in your body, but don't let it control your behavior. That's yes. I think in my mind, real good freedom. Yeah, I think we judge uh, ourselves a lot. Like you said, our feelings aren't us. They're just thoughts. They're just processes. And like a lot of us just work stuff out in our head. And I used to feel so guilty if I seen somebody and I had an immediate thought and it wasn't great. And I was like, oh, you're such a terrible, nasty person. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you're a human being. And I hate when people say like, don't get jealous or don't judge. I think we should, but I don't think we should like act or react on it. And I don't think we should put that out. But I think it's a, when we're jealous or we're judging, I think those are very good flags to start understanding ourselves better. If, if I'm jealous of somebody, why? Instead of suppressing that and being like, don't be jealous of anybody, that's not ever going to happen. So fuck off with that question. Why do I feel that way? Does that person have something that I want, you know, or if I'm judging, I'm like, oh, that person looks silly in that. It's like, oh, are you just jealous because you're not strong enough in your confidence to wear that? You know, I think those are very good flags that we could have instead of using this as like, don't have any negative feelings. You know, I think that's very toxic, like positively yeah it too i think i think it's again it's like people and i'm not a psychologist so there's probably people like oh he's using the wrong words i use the wrong words there's feeling and then there, like you can feel jealous and then you can act on jealousy and i think those are two intrinsic things feelings are okay action is not always appropriate and i think that should be the person's like ultimate like jihad in a speak in a way to speak to of themselves is to understand like when is it okay to react? When is it appropriate to not react and just feel and process and move on? Yes. And that's what I think people need to be informed about more is that feeling and action are two different things, but intrinsically linked. Yes, absolutely. And I think too, is that that's why therapy is so powerful, whether that's a paid therapist or just someone to talk to. Because I think one of yeah. the biggest things that I notice that people say, I help them like, oh, thank you so much. And I don't know if I even do anything or I just sit there and listen and I regurgitate what they said back to me. That's all I'm doing. You know the answers most of the time. You just need someone to bounce it off to feel safe to just say the words that are in your head without being judged about them or that, uh, tying that to who you are as a person. Like I'll run to the girls and be like, okay, I'm having a moment of insecurities. Like I'm taking it this way, but I don't think that's it. Can someone help me here? And be like, oh, I see that. I understand um, why you'd feel that way totally see that but I think it's probably this and I'm like ha, thank you 
you know, and I'd move on with my day. I don't sit there in my mind thinking the whole time, you know what I mean? And it's like, if I didn't reach out to the girls and had that quick conversation and vulnerability, I probably would have been trapped in this cycle in my head for like a day or two, you know? And that's what happens with most men. You know, like women are expressive, men aren't. And like, even to this day, like, it's probably the one thing like I... I'll talk about my fe- myself feelings in an academic way because it's a great way to mask it. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because then yeah. I can like talk about it, but it's not really that like, I think that meaningful, but I think that's what most people need to find or, or hope for is to have that person that they can feel safe enough to just say something to and not have like an assignment to them. Like, oh, you're this way or you're this way. Sometimes people just need to express themselves and just release that, that just that hurricane inside them, you know, and then they can just calm down and, and, and think, okay, now how can I fix this? Yes. Or what can I do to make to, it better next time? Identify with that either, right? Or I was always this way. You can, you know, there's so much room for growth. I think people get so trapped up in that. Like I've always been this way and you can change everything in your life. And I think it comes down to your mindset. I honestly do. And I think you also feel the same way. It's just, like you said, you went through through so many shitty things in your life and you can turn around and you have all the excuses to be a fucking asshole to everybody. But whether you believe in afterlife or not, what, how, how are you going to enjoy life that way? Right? Like, I just, I just think it's so beautiful if you can turn that around and try to make the world better because you had a shitty experience and don't want others to feel that way. Right. We have something, something my dad used to tell me, my dad was like, um, he was like a Vietnam veteran. Oh, crazy. And he was a Vietnam. Yeah, he, see, he gets kind of crabby now. But, that's fair. That's he was we're like almost a, done. You can have me back. Yeah, he was like a Vietnam veteran. Yeah. And basically when I was growing up very poor, my dad said to me, there's something I want you to listen to really, really carefully. And he's like, your understanding of this is going to evolve as you get older. So naturally, I was like, okay, I'll listen to the guy, like, dickhead, like, you know, just yeah. let me go do my run. And he said, uh, a king may move a man, a father may move his son, but your soul is in your keeping. And when you die and you go before whatever God it is that you are destined to go to, he's going to ask you, were you righteous even when it didn't suit you to be thusly? Were you kind and giving to others even when you had nothing? And did you speak the truth even if it meant your certain death? And he said, if the answers to these questions are no, then this will not suffice. And salvation cannot be yours, right? And this is how I just approach it, right? That's from King Baldwin, the last king of Jerusalem. Yeah, that's really the cool. last king. That's, isn't it awesome when you can just take something like that in, in your moments and then just come back to that, you know? And I think that's yeah. why faith is so important. And I don't ever judge people and what faith they have. I mean, yeah. Satanism kind of worries me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, you know... <laughs> As long as we're holding to some moral value, to some higher being, because if you think you were, there's no one to answer to, you'll just be a fuck, right? So it's like, you know, whether you believe in God or whichever one, I think it all lines up to the same. Be a good person and try to make the world a better place. And I think if we keep being real and being honest with each other and being um, vulnerable and sharing this kind of stuff, I think that that we're going to get there. (laughs) Maybe, maybe that's totally, maybe that's a weird thing, but I really That's hope so. That's the hope. That is the hope. Um, I do have one more question for you before I let yeah. you go today. Yeah. But being in the medical field, what would you like to see change now? Like, do you see a change coming where we're starting to, you're seeing physicians kind of waking up as well to 
maybe what they've always known and thinking, hey, maybe there's something different. And do you see that shift or is it not quite there yet? No, damn it. This this story, I'll make it brief just because I won't bore you. You don't people, have to make it brief. I just know exactly. I know your yeah. boys need, I need boys needs you back. <laughs> so I have a patient and this is for you. You know who you are, right? This girl has been fucked around by medicine since like 11. When she first came to me, she had a really severe knee injury, hadn't walked in ages, had kinesiophobia, which means that she was afraid to move even though she could after a while. Depression that I saw, just a lot of things. We rebuilt her up, got her walking again, running again, playing sports. Last year, she suffered a concussion twice in the space of about an hour because her sports team wanted to play seven matches in one day, seven matches in one day. There was no medical professionals on site. She got a concussion. She came to me the next day and I was like, Oh my sweet Jesus. Like you need to go to the hospital. We need to get scans done. They didn't do a CT scan. All they did was an X-ray, right? None of the relevant testing come back in a few weeks. If you don't feel better, so I'm treating her for concussion. She's not getting better. She's getting worse. And then it turns into persistent post-concussion. We're now months into this. They then lose her scans. The MRIs, everything that was done, they just lost them. Hmm. To this day, they've not been found. Nobody cares. Ironic. Then she starts having tremors in her body, Parkinsonian tremors everywhere, loss of power in her walk. The neurologist said to her, you need to pick yourself up and go back to playing sport now. Right? Uh, what? Fast forward, she got diagnosed with functional neurological disorder like nine months later that we're still working on her today with, and she's incredible because she's almost better. She's a few weeks away. We're almost there, right? We're almost there. But it is the prime example of medicine. They do not care outside. They've gotten their consultant fees. They want their consultancy fees. Once they've gotten their 300 euro, whatever the hell it is, right? That's them yep. done. Send yep. it on to the next person. So there's no coordination of care. We need to get legal framework in place to force physicians to have coordinated care on a real level, not just this bullshit of sending emails over, sending her back to this person every three months. Oh, we'll have an appointment for you for this other specialist in four months, right? It's nonsense. And that's why nobody gets better. It's because most doctors, most GPs, most specialists, their only interest is in prescription. They don't want to get people intrinsically better. So then what happens is, is you get people like this young teenage girl and thank God she's so resilient. I told her, she, you know, you're tougher than a Marine, female Marines, like what she's gone through. That's amazing. It's incredible that she keeps moving forward. But if she wasn't such an incredible person, <sighs> It right? Be. Yeah. Different outcome. And that's medicine's fault. Yes. And I was onto all these hospitals trying to get people to listen. There's something more. Even when she was in hospital several times, I'm calling them. Can you please speed this test up? Can you please do this quicker? If it, we, we were waiting days for an MRI, but if she had an arterial bleed, right? She could have a stroke. Done. Yeah. But that's... nobody cared. Nobody gave a shit. No. So that's, we need to get medicine we need to create legal mandates that are separate from the government and that are separate 
from any hospitalist structure like Department of Health to force patient care and informed consent and patient outcomes specifically to be number one. Otherwise, we are doomed to be owned by not only pharma, but the hospitalists, because hospitals are businesses and they're run by a dean who needs to get that money. Yes. And I feel like if people didn't see it through COVID, they're never going to see it because like, I don't know how many times, I don't know if you've seen this, but there was articles that would go out about other things and they would claim that it was COVID. They actually had a boy, I think he passed of cancer and they said it was because of COVID and they had to retract that. Like, how are these people not in jail for this kind of shit? It's because the insurance didn't want to pay. It happened in Ireland. One of my patient's brothers died of cancer. He had terminal lung cancer that was metastatic. They listed it as COVID because he tested positive for COVID at the funeral home. The insurance company didn't want to pay because they said it was from a pandemic, which is not covered in policy. Yeah. Money. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Did you, did you watch the died suddenly video by Stu Peters? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. And, and what would you think about that? Was that like, besides the like right wing conspiracy extra that I wish they never would have put in there. Cause that kind of like not ruined it, but it I was wouldn't, like, it wouldn't surprise me if, if, if all like, it's not just blood clots and, and, and myocarditis from the COVID vaccines, right? There's a lot of other severe immunological effects, rheumatological effects, real diseases that are devastating. Mental diseases too as Mental well. Mental diseases, yeah. There's, it's not, they just wanted to relegate it to the carditis and essentially blood clots. It's so much more vast than that. So none of that would surprise me, to be honest. I thought it was an interesting way to... to to show like show that I wish they left out obviously the the crazy shit but like yeah. it because makes it, like, it a bit comedic yes, you know yeah. and I was like ah oh, well I was like well whatever but it, it is kind of wild though and I'm sure you're the same way you I'm during the pandemic we, you start learning stuff and now three years later starting to see all this stuff come out let's say about Hollywood and the child trafficking and it's like this stuff has been around forever and it's just coming like, to obviously. light. Yeah, right? It's like, well, we knew this like three years ago when Tiger King came out, but whatever, that's fine. I'm glad you're here now. Um, <laughs> it's uh, And it's just crazy too, but I feel like COVID and all these things, that it's all used politically. I'm not saying that people didn't die and people don't die of stuff, but yeah, I think that they totally. use the medical field and the scientific field to their advantage. They politicize it and then they push yeah. whatever agenda it is. And it's very obvious. And I know that because real people like you that actually care about their clients and there is more out there than you would expect they're just afraid to Hiding, lose everything yeah. and i understand that i do but there's going to be a point where you're going to have to choose like you said this that that going back to that quote you're either going to have to essentially cry the tears to rebuild the world or you're not and it's going to dry up and die and that's going to be your choice at the yeah. end of the day you fix it you're now in your spring of life you know living yeah. you've gone through that i you know you've gone through the hate and you didn't die you didn't get canceled because you don't accept being canceled you just don't. That's how it works. No. <laughs> you just decide, no, I'm not going to be canceled. And that's how it works. This is amazing. Oh, they can cancel me. It's whatever. Yeah. Screw that. I'm like, cancel me off of what? Social media? I'll find I'll another one. Chill like, out with my baby. Like, yeah, you're doing me a favor. Exactly. I'm like, honey, I can't work anymore. They canceled me. So I'm just going to chill Darn. out with Ethel. Darn. Hey, Mr. Mom. I, yeah. I hate that so much for you. <laughs> this yeah. has been so amazing. Is there anything that you maybe want to share with me that you maybe want to get off your chest about anything? I'm not going to lie to you. This is only part one because I'm going to make you come back for another episode. Lovely. Um, 
<laughs> is there anything that you want to share any tips or anything for any Canadians that might be listening that are struggling mentally physically before we sign off for the day yeah do you know what I'll say to anybody who's struggling with mental health or anything like Listen that to a baby you laugh. just make everybody happy <laughs> no yeah that's the stage he's at um, the one thing I'll say to anybody so go to Mama so I can say my one last thing. Will you? Will you? Go to Mama. Um, <laughs> so funny. Um, the one thing I'll say to anybody struggling with mental health or if you're just legitimately suffering as a human and you feel lost, I want you to, number one, I'm not saying be happy with it, but I want you to embrace the state of being that you're at and I want you to go outside and I want you to sit outside and I want you to think about, okay, this is my life. Let's critically analyze where I am right now. And I want you to identify where it is that you want to go, right? You don't even have to write how you're going to get there, but first just write down how you want to be, where you want to go and generally what you want to do in five years, right? Because in five years you can really achieve anything. One of my very good friends, he's a prime example of this. Um, he won't care if I say his name. He has millions of Instagram followers now, Edmund. <laughs> Edmund is one of the most incredible people because um, he went to prison when, when he was 17. A kid died of a cocaine overdose, and he was very unfairly pinned with everything on it. There was other kids who sold. It was a tragic story. Yeah. But he got out of prison, and he worked so hard for five years. And he's now a very, very big solar millionaire in California, and he owns a villa in Las Vegas. This is obviously like 10 years later, but within five years, he was a multimillionaire. And he said, it just took work. He said, I had to embrace the sadness, embrace the suffering, realize I couldn't get traditional jobs because of the record. And he said, that was okay. He said, once I just realized this is where I am, I can better figure out where I'm going. So no matter how lost you are, you can always find your way north, right? You just have to you just have to take a minute and look up in the sky and see see where that star is. That's it. Yes. I yeah. love that. That's so great. Well, yeah. until like I said, it's not gonna be your last one because I mean, like I said, yeah. I didn't even ask half of the questions, but I knew we would just yeah. naturally yeah. flow through two hours of talking together. <laughs> Yeah, totally. No. At least your time difference isn't terrible. So it's, you know, yeah. I'm just like getting up in the morning and you're just ending for the night. So thank you so, so much. Um, no for worries. Show and just everything. Dude. Honestly, like anytime I feel so good knowing that if I have something, I could run to you and being like, hey, good question, you know, totally. about myself. Like I will get my blood done so you can look at it. Just yes. terrifying. So we will get there. Baby steps, guys. Baby steps. Yeah. But Thank you. Thank you so much for your first no time have you back. Um, do you want to let, are you okay with sharing your Instagram Bye. handle? If anybody wants to totally. um, yeah. come visit you yeah. and have a chat. Totally. Yeah. Anybody can message me about anything. I will always reply. Sometimes it takes a minute because of, of, of the gremlin, but you know, <laughs> I will always reply to you. And especially if you're not feeling great, please do message me. I will help yes. you. I will yes. absolutely help you. Yes, because yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot of people suffering, and it's so nice that you're out there reminding people, "I'm here. I'm yeah. here. Use me." And even even if I yeah. can't help you, I'll send you to somebody that yeah. can. I'll put Any you in time the right of day. Room. Yeah. Three a.m. my time you. of day doesn't matter. I get it. To I, like, I message you. Night, so yeah, it's like I message <laughs> you, know? you whenever you answer. You'll answer <laughs> yeah. when you can. But thank you yeah. so much again for coming yeah. on the show today, yeah. guys. No make worries. sure you 
our favorite doctor a follow. Give him lots of love and support. Bye. And we will see you in the next Say episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>